Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. Spring is in the air. Can you feel it, boys? It's sprung. Dale and Matt. Yeah, yeah, spring has sprung. Dale and Matt, there's, there's sunshine everywhere. And even, if I dare say, a little bit of warmth. As soon as you said that, the room, my room just got a bit, little bit darker, I noticed. <laughs> like, oh, a cloud okay. arrived. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. I am a, I'm a dark cloud over most proceedings. So you're having a lovely week. Mm-hmm. I'm very tired, but yes, very lovely. <laughs> well, how are you? you, you, you uh, look, I've been you ill look... this week. Oh, oh, I was supposed to be going out with you guys. We got got big plans, and then then those yeah. plans never happened because I got sick. Thankfully, it's not the COVID, but I still feel a bit grotty. No, no, no. Mm. Well, do you know what? You look in good health, and that's, <laughs> Thank you. You know, that's a plus. Isn't I like it? we started that's this podcast. It's like spring, amazing sun, <laughs> and we've immediately just got like this is miserable, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> well, <laughs> I feel sad. I feel quite good. Actually, you know what? The sun's just gone in by me. I should never have mentioned the sun. <laughs> Whenever you mention it, it goes away. Um, let's start with some news to do of Overwatch Two. They've announced that the PVE and the PVP are now coming as separate packages. We don't really know for sure when yet, but. I kind of thought this might happen just because, well, it's been three years almost since they actually announced Overwatch 2. And I think at the time, am I right in thinking that they even kind of, not at the time, but a little bit after they kind of admitted we announced that way too early. Like it's this game is classic, years away. <laughs> it's classic Blizzard. Like everything is obviously built on the traditional, what they call Blizzard time. Like that's the overall meme, isn't it? Mm. That things come out from Blizzard when they're ready and they do frequently show games years ahead of what mm-hmm. they are and I think they got better at that but I do think even among other things both Diablo yeah. and Overwatch 2 have been shown like a little bit too far ahead of time I don't think Covid's helped that in any way no. shape or form um, but yeah it's I think in the modern day and the way that games have been released like Halo Infinite obviously has been released sort of piecemeal in that like you had your multiplayer drop then your campaign turned mm-hmm. up a few weeks later and there's still no fucking co-op for that <laughs> game so I think it's now becoming more and more common for games to be released piecemeal and and sort mm-hmm. of like you know for Overwatch 2 to, to do the same um I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of torn because it feels like it's, is this going to, how are they going to release it? Are you just going to release Overwatch 2 and you pay for it up front and you get I the don't PvP? Know. And then... I, may, I would be surprised maybe if, if they're, I mean, if they're feeling very kind, I'll say anyone who owns Overwatch can play the PvP mm-hmm. for free, like do a Halo thing and then the camp, once the campaign's out, you pay for that. I don't know. Um, maybe they're following that model. They saw, I mean, the launch of Halo Infinite was very successful the way they did that. Arguably, the last couple of months they've slowed down a bit and haven't really delivered mm. the content people were hoping for. But maybe they're following that route with it. I I'm the reason I'm torn is like Overwatch is undoubtedly like my favourite PvP of all time. Like I've thousands of hours I've played that mm-hmm. game. Maybe not so much recently, but the thing that got me most excited for Overwatch Two was actually the PvE stuff and 
the promise of more story from these characters and don't get me wrong as soon as i've watched two pvpas out i will play a lot of it but i'm kind of like the pv for me as some as a long time fan i'm sure that different people have very different opinions on this but i want it i want the like if i had a choice between the pve sooner or the pvp sooner i'd probably want the pve sooner but that's More probably taken a long time because that requires yeah writing yeah. and like it's a whole different game basically isn't it mm-hmm. yeah um, i i think for mm. me it's mainly just like i can understand if you are uh, particularly my housemate still plays quite a lot of overwatch uh, on pvp but i've I haven't played it with any regularity for probably about three years at this point. And I was a seven, eight, nine matches a day person when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess like if you are still a regular, you probably are desperately biting at the bit to get new stuff. So the kind of that to a degree makes sense. There's something about just not waiting and releasing the entire game as a game that feels kind of a bit mm-hmm. odd to me. And maybe well, that's just because I'm still stuck in traditional ways of like, I expect things to land yeah. in a reasonable well, I'm just package. thinking because for a review process, it's kind of very annoying. Because who knows? Like Halo Infinite was kind of all right because what was only was it a month between? It was a short distance, you know, right? You could do a review in progress. I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a year, like a year of PvP, then like a year later to PvE. It's so, like, yeah, how do you judge that package? So it's not officially like a be- just a beta window. It is actually like, no, this is the release. It's just going So in April, there's going to be a closed beta yeah. uh, for PC players. And then, yeah, we don't really, unless, you know, yeah, we don't really know how it's going to come out or when really. I mean, there's the chance it could be this year. If they're yeah. doing betas in April, there's all the chance mm. that the pvp might be out later this year i just hope they don't launch that pvp because this is what will get people annoyed is if it is only like four new maps mm. and going from 66 to five and one new character that is where all the arguments where people like i want to give them the benefit of the doubt and say overwatch 2 is worthwhile that so many people use the overwatch 1.5 thing if all it is is four maps and yeah. like that doesn't seem like a new game and do you know what probably absolutely right if that is the case but we don't really know yet well they did um i remember playing the open beta for the original overwatch and i feel like it was only Mm. like a month or two before it actually came out i do remember there was quite a few differences though but um, i I remember in our office we put a significant amount of time into that beta so it was like quite comprehensive Mm -hmm. yeah i mean are you can you see yourself going back to overwatch when overwatch 2 comes out del because you used to play it a lot but you fell off a lot sooner than the rest yeah i mean it's tough like looking back now with the benefit of hindsight i think i more enjoyed the camaraderie of it um and i, I can almost like pinpoint them you don't the, like us anymore is the key. no it's we're not in an office <laughs> together anymore but i can almost pinpoint the moment where it started it just became less fun and it became more like people getting angry if we didn't perform and stuff <laughs> there was a lot of that going on and at that point i was like that's not this isn't fun anymore and um, we got more into siege at that point and then it's just i only have room for one of those sort of games in my life mm-hmm. um no at the moment but yeah you never know yeah, it, may, it may make its way back in mm-hmm. i don't know yeah i'm looking forward to playing it though and yeah i feel like obviously it's a huge thing going from six aside to five aside is a massive thing i'm intrigued to yeah. see how that plays out um but yeah well no we'll probably what's their main have they declared like a motivation for that from switching from six to five 
They did. I can't remember. It's been months like since they announced that, and I can't remember. The Assuming specific. it's some sort of data-driven thing about team balance and, and whatnot, like mm-hmm. not overloading. Well, they're with... they're basically. I think the standard be now it's only one tank rather than two tanks. Right. Yes. Um, I think it's to make it a quicker, more mobile game on there. And so teams aren't just deploying lots of shields and like playing like really just like slowly and just. I feel like that was the aim of it is to make it more of a movement based game than because that's kind of what plagued Overwatch competitively at times is there would be metas where it was just like two or three shields sitting there and you would just like it would just not be fun to watch or Mm -hmm. play and I suppose the thing is is even though Overwatch obviously draws quite a lot from the MOBA kind of side of things in a MOBA you're split up over the three lanes and Overwatch doesn't tend to use like a distinct three lane structure in its maps it's particularly Mm -hmm. on kind of like um like Movement. It's been that long since I played Overwatch. Now, what's the ones where you push the the objective thing? Yes, payload maps. Yeah, Yeah. because they're so specific to a one lane track through a map. Whereas, like Call of Duty is split over three lanes, and obviously MOBAs are having two tanks on that objective. If you've got a good team, is very very difficult to penetrate that group. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, I can see that. My worry with it is, is kind of like. As I've moved through different PvP games, I've always found little new experiences because they're quite different. Mm. I moved from Overwatch to Siege and then probably didn't do anything up until Halo Infinite, really. Mm. Each one offering a really, really distinct change in the way those games work. Like I don't know if like my time with Overwatch PvP is done. Like I did all of that because I can't see this game completely refreshing mm-hmm. yeah that's the issue which is why the pve interests me so much because i love those characters and love that world i just want to do something new and so pve mm-hmm. is much more interesting to me than yeah. the pvp i think the beta will tell us a lot because there will be the hero like a lot of the characters are being reworked mm-hmm. heavily like it, it's looking and sounding completely different there's new modes like the push mode that will be available in the beach i feel like yeah it's, it's a wait and see isn't it and i'm sure We'll all have a little go on Overwatch when the close. Well, hopefully it's a close beer, so I'm hoping I get in. Um, it's sometime in April, so yeah, we'll talk more about Overwatch then. Dale, hello. There's one of those new wrestling games out. You oh, love a bit of wrestling, don't you? Oh, whenever wrestling. I see you, you're always like, "Oh, let's have a wrestle," and I'm like, "No, Dale, I'm not. Coward. I'm not in the mood for a wrestle. Always a um, coward. <laughs> um, wrestle me. I'm hearing. I'm hearing this new one is good." especially in comparison to the last one, but could it really have been any worse than the last one? Well, yeah, there is that. Um, Just up top, I'll say, I haven't actually played that much of it. I've only uh, played, I don't know, two, three hours of the the new one, but I did play it in previous stage. I wrote our preview as well. You Mm. can check that out if you want to find out some more in detailed thoughts, detailed, I should say, thoughts. Uh, But yes, everything I've seen, well, I guess the headline is there's not really insane bugs and glitches anymore which was the main thing (laughs) (laughs) that was the main that was the main criticism for 20 and i must say i never actually experienced that many in 20 and also i did kind of really think it was funny every time glitches did happen (laughs) but i can understand people who are trying to get us you know a simulation game that being Mm -hmm. upsetting and i mean and obviously they don't want that so yes so far i've not seen any bugs and glitches and the whole presentation just feels like a massive step up they've definitely they've definitely took their licks you know and there's a, there's a lot of lessons there there's there's a very subtle thing that you notice straight away when you play the game is that the camera angles have like substantially changed and the lighting is substantially changed and at first it kind of feels a bit more intense and you feel like you'd want that room but what it mm-hmm. actually does is it 
recreates the television product basically WWE on tv that's why you're buying these games you want to recreate matches and make moments that you see on television and it this new like it's got a dynamic camera and it leans into these angles that really makes you feel like you know you're watching a product and the way it's got a new i'm just dying around all over the place here whatever comes to my mind but the new they've got a new combo system that definitely feels like it leans into that as well like the amount of fluid moments i've already have i've hit my share button several times already i've not i've not shared them on the internet but i will at some point of just sequences that just almost like they're not flukily coming together i have intention but these moments that would never happen in the previous games because it was so tight and rigid and you always felt like you were locked into position and you never had any sort of fluidity and it's definitely leaning way more into feeling like a a WWE match now which is the goal obviously overall Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't really dabbled much with the they've got a new story mode they've got a showcase mode which is a history of Rey Mysterio haven't dabbled much with them yet oh my camera's just went off that was nice for you guys and the podcast people don't care (laughs) Uh, I'm going to carry on talking Uh, yeah do it the um, I probably should mention I said the combo system earlier I should probably mention what that is Uh, so for fans of the game or people who played it before you'll know there's usually a grapple button and Mm -hmm. the grapple is almost like it starts a sequence but then you have to it says you have to grapple now you have to choose a direction now you have to press a button and then then you'll get that move but now it's it's it mixes up your striking and your grapple moves into one fluid combo so you can hit square square x circle and then you'll do a different sequence of punches but it ends in a big triumphant move and what that does is it makes it feel dynamic like a real match like in wrestling matches on tv it's not just pick them up do a move pick them up do a move there's striking sequences in between and it feels like it's created this this flow in between the whole dynamic of a match is it is it more like i know it's almost a tough question because wrestling is kind of in between that is it more like a sports game or more like a fighting game at this point it's, it's to- like it obviously always skirts a fine line between the two like the um it definitely feels more like a fighting game and i can see it definitely going down not into esports and things but you know like definitely there being a competitive like the online games i can imagine being a lot more fun and competitive uh, mm-hmm. because people previously on online it felt like you were often just being people who could game the system and knew the rules and you never really felt like competitive, but now it feels mm-hmm. like there's an accurate edge. They've employed this. So now there's unlimited reversals, but there's also this system called breakers, which is almost prevents people from just spamming the same moves over and over again. There's, um, what's the other system? It's a blocking system and a dodging system. Now it's just something that's never really in wrestling games, but obviously in fighting games. So they've definitely mm-hmm. taken a lot of cues from that, but it also, I think the thing I said it in my preview, the thing that com- I think complements it the most is uh, it's extremely welcoming to newcomers because you okay. can, in a way, button bash your way through this. But there is definitely, like, learning the combo list, there's definitely a skill there and you will 100% beat anybody who is a newcomer if you know all the combos. But it's... it's when I've, I've seen newcomers play these games lots of times and they come in and they never really know what to do, how to hit, what sort of buttons to press. And this one feels like you can just get by, by with the face buttons and you can have a good time and feel okay. like you're pulling off flashy moments. And that fundamentally has been the problem for me for not just the last game, the last eight games. It's never felt like it, were, it had taken that step. And now it feels like it's it's more welcoming and it's a, it's just a... 
the core combat is way more fun and that's the most nice. important part to me and like have you managed to spend much time with the gm mode because isn't am i right in thinking that's back after it was gone for a bit yeah so i i haven't in the new build but i've played it in the preview build um i i am very curious to see what people think of this over time i think they've kind of delivered what they've promised and what everyone expected the issue is that gm mode was last in a game in 2008 and it feels to me so far like they've just almost replicated that experience but we're Mm -hmm. 14 years later so games have moved on a little bit like so it's um it's like for someone who knows football manager you'd laugh at how light this is like it's extremely light but it's the it is purely about the experience of you're you're a manager and there's a manager of another show and you're just competing and it's like who who can get the best ratings but it it's yeah, my early impression is it's quite shallow. Um, but they always have the universe mode, which has always been in previous games, which is a much deeper version of that. It just doesn't mm-hmm. have the bells and whistles of being a general manager, well, I suppose. It sounds that good that at least it's decent, especially, like we said, like, last... Well, it wasn't last year. So did they take a year off? Yeah, it so is that, well, it's actually more than two years because they normally release in October, so this is releasing in March. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess it's like two and a bit years. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. So, yeah. Well, I, I, do you know what? I'm happy for all your wrestling fans because you've got a decent game by the sounds of it, mm-hmm. especially compared to the mess of <laughs> last time. Um, Dale, it's, it's kind of your show this week. Is it? I've been busy, yeah. Um, did you have time to play the Kirby demo? I did. Did you not play it? I have not had time to play the <laughs> Kirby demo. Have you demo. not played it either? No. I thought we were all it's talking Dale's about show. the Kirby demo. Oh, I was no, like, oh, no, no, no. I'll give it a bash at lunchtime. Didn't think too much of it. Oh, God. Look, I <laughs> may have got caught up on a very difficult Elden Ring boss, <laughs> <laughs> and Kirby had to wait. Um, Dale, I mean, yeah. this is your ta- chance to shine, really. Tell us about Malfour Mode. Uh, it's pretty funny. But uh, the, uh, I would say so far in the demo, the only things I've seen are already kind of, the moment was already gone when I first saw him in the trailer. I kind of mm-hmm. wish I'd seen him take some of those things in his mouth for the Ooh. first time in the game. <laughs> so in, in, the, mean, in the demo, you get the car and you get the vending mm-hmm. machine. Uh, they're, mm-hmm. the, they're the two big ones off the top of my head. But there's also, um, you can take on your enemies. Some certain enemies have powers and then you can take it's okay. almost like you strip them of their soul it's very much like wow. um oh <laughs> it's very much like uh mario odyssey you know in, with cappy it's the mm-hmm. same sort of vibe really um but you see one of them he's got a sword and he wears a little hat and he's mm-hmm. got a shield and you can just take that on and then all of a sudden you can wield a sword for a bit and the last one i had towards the end of the demo was like an ice power which meant um you could freeze people but you could also you move around a lot quicker because you're skating on ice as you work around it's all like quite simple i would say so far like i'm not sure if i'm really into it or not because i really like the idea of it and i love mario odyssey and i but part of me thinks i I think i just want more mario odyssey because yeah that's what is the problem yeah because these levels are obviously i've only seen what is probably the first three levels in the game but they are very linear, like extremely linear. Um, mm-hmm. And I did find myself kind of missing the huge 3D environments yeah, of that was, the Mario game. So I read our preview and I, I looked at footage. I'm yet to actually pat myself in. And that's the thing that kind of disappointed me most when I saw it. Was when they first revealed this, I thought it was more like Odyssey, like big open levels yeah. with collectibles and stuff, whereas in fact it is quite linear platforming levels which is fine for some people and it looks a lot simpler and easier than mario odyssey not that i mean odyssey at times can get very challenging if you go for mm-hmm. all those uh, moons but 
it seems like it is aimed at maybe a lower uh, age demographic. I mean, than, well, I mean, Odyssey's for everyone, isn't it? But I also mean, look but, at look at Kirby, right? <laughs> it's obviously <laughs> aimed at like very young children, and it plays like that as well. Like when it started it up, they were, it offered me two difficulties, and I just picked the normal one, and then I played one level, and then I got to the next one. It's like, do you want to change the difficulty? And I just whacked it up then at that point because I realised oh. like. This is this is a very child friendly game, and I think kids will have a great time with it. Um, I guess for me, it's how much they do that Nintendo thing, specifically Mario, of constantly putting you in new situations and giving you new tools to play with. Like if it's every level has new things that Kirby can evolve with and change with, and the platforming dynamic changes, I think it could be quite exciting and quite fun. Um, my concern is maybe. I've changed into a car 20 times now and I'm sick of it because it is quite basic. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a demo. Like Once you've swallowed one car, you've swallowed them all. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it is funny, though, watching him go over these <laughs> things. Oh, the, oh, I got the cone as well, the traffic cone, which, no. which a special move there is just like jump up in the air and then spike your head yeah. into people. <laughs> I don't think you weren't on the uh, Kirby Re- Malfour Mode Reveal podcast, Matt. No. Do you... I have the question for you. Do you like if you could like swallow one thing whole in your mouth and take it on its like ability? Oh. What what would that be? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't know. <laughs> oh, uh, I think I think I might have gone an for abacus because I can't fucking do maths. What? Do a calculator. The thing is, is whenever you like the the amount of stuff that comes with sort of like swallowing um, cars, all I can think of is Tatane. <laughs> Yeah, oh, okay. I, I I might watch that scene. I still haven't watched it um, because I've heard it's fascinating. <laughs> um, I might, I might, yeah, get round to that. Um, maybe we'll talk about Tatane once I've seen it. Very different. If you don't know what Tatane is, read the blurb. Um, what did you say you'd you know swallow? What? I think I went. I think I said ladder. Oh, uh, yeah, that's boring, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Swallowing a whole ladder is boring. Uh, what could it be? A rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> Think of the damage oh, it could do. Although, would you lose a bit of yourself every time you fired off a rocket? Nice. I'd swallow Kirby. Oh, And then become nice. Kirby. And then I could <laughs> I then am the anything from there. <laughs> Think it. It's like using the genie to get infinite wishes. <laughs> yeah. um, um, we will be... I should have mentioned this right at the start. We will be doing a little Batman spoiler section at the end of this podcast after feedback. So if you haven't seen the Batman, right at the end of the podcast, we'll give you a warning. Uh, we're going to talk about our thoughts and, you know, we can be a bit more freer with him. Maybe where we see a potential sequel going. Um, for now, though, do you know what? Let's, let's squeeze in a little bit. Because I know, Matt, me and you have both been doing nothing else, really, but playing Elden Ring the past week or two. Are you still having the time of your life? Uh, yeah, I'm still I'm 90 hours in now, so clearly like Ooh. the game a lot. Hmm. Uh, I'm starting to come to a point where like I might actually um, put it on pause for a moment, just because I'm neglecting. Like I still haven't finished Horizon. There are mm-hmm. there are other games coming out. Like I'm probably one of only seven people I know that is actually interested in Stranger of Paradise, so I do want to play that, <laughs> and that's out out this this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously Ghostwire Tokyo is out, I'm interested and in that. And you know we'll end up playing the whole of Tiny Tina's Wonderland as well. I'm, I'm not, I'm not no, playing Tiny yeah, Tina's Wonderland. We're doing it, mate. We're doing it. <laughs> it's it's like, happening. We're it is not going to, just because it's like D&D themed, it's not going to lure me to play another board. I've, I've learnt my lesson. Borderlands is not good. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, like I am... Um, quite i've done quite a lot of of elden ring now and, uh, and very broadly like i've done almost i think 
at the stage I am in the game, I've done literally almost every piece of thing yeah, that I playing, could have done. Wow. We're playing in quite different ways because I'm 35, 36 hours in and I'm actually like one main boss ahead of you in the story, yeah. which is mm-hmm. showing the different ways we're playing it. There's not a wrong way to play it. You know, I just kind of know in my head if I don't get on with it and finish it, I never will. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at coming back to things. I'm like, do you know what? I'm going to push on and do this. I just overcome my biggest challenge at lunch today, actually, which was a horrible, horrible boss, which I just actually think is poorly designed. Mate, um, try don't stick, spoil it for people. Just try sticking him in your mouth. That's all you got to do. Yeah, <laughs> I really, do you know what? One of those enemies kind of is a does a big inflatable thing at one point. It's horrible. So, um, yeah. Remind me a little bit of a horrible version of Kirby. Um, but, yeah, I got through that. And that was I, f- I felt like that was going to be my wall. That was going to be like... If I hadn't got through that in the next couple of days, I probably would have put it down for mm-hmm. a while. But do you know what? I did it. It only took me, like, 15 goes. But, like, after 10 or 12, I was like, oh, I don't know how to do this. Then I looked sign up and I found something that just is quite overpowered and used it. And I was like, do you know what? I don't care. I couldn't care less. I'm getting through this yeah. game. If it's in the game, it is not cheating. Okay? They're in there. For, <laughs> everything's in there for a reason. Obviously, a lot of people like to put like self-imposed restrictions on it where they're like, mm-hmm. I'll only fight this boss with a sword and a shield and i'm gonna like best it using just these things because that's the pure way to play it. it's not like there are all these items that are in the game like absolutely yeah. use the one where you can turn the entire boss arena into a sheet of damaging ice i've got like exactly. a poison mist that i spray all the time now and it just absolutely eats people like and that's it's not like, even in the game you just go down to tesco <laughs> oh yeah yeah well. exactly <laughs> is there the equivalent of a nuke in this game something that just like, decimates in one shot well i think there are there are i've seen videos i mean i think these are like end level players or people have like ha- modded the game on pc basically where you can max out everything and then it's these like ashes of war that can just kind of rip through it looks like 50 people in one go i'm oh not really God. yeah I, I haven't looked up how to do that because mm. that seems almost defeating the point of it but you know if it's in the game why not use it you're still not tempted dale no. even though i'm getting into it you're not Nah, like the fact that you just said a second ago it took me 15 times to beat someone i was like oh that's not a lot though in these no days. That, that's the problem <laughs> like i just don't have the patience for that sort of stuff anymore and also like you know that it's not intri- it's not interesting me and like Matt said there's other games that are coming out soon that do interest me so you know there's only so much yeah, time right. spend the time on the games that interest you mm-hmm. yeah and we, we had a lovely little co-op uh, a few nights ago mm-hmm. Matt, didn't we we had a nice little walk around a, like a, a magical manner of sorts what a lovely yeah, time we had absolutely I think we smashed that boss first time right <laughs> nice. like, I didn't we did because my overpowered sword came to the rescue so some and- I heard somewhere that you can't, you can only have people in your game that are similar level to you or something. There's like, you can't no, just have it, some... it, it, it does scale you. So at the time, yeah. I would have been a few levels higher than you, Cardi, I think. I, don't, I can't remember. But I know I've definitely That's... played with people that are about 20 levels lower. Oh, okay. It's just that it mm-hmm. makes you yeah. their level, basically. So you have all of your kit. So, like, I could. So, for example, my sword is incredibly powerful, but a lot of its power comes from the fact that its special ability is very, very good. So even though if I was to go and help someone that was, like, level 10, I could go into their game with my very cool thing. It's just its damage would be massively reduced. But you still get the benefit of what that power does. So my sword can basically stagger anything in about three hits. 
Um, okay. So I'd still get that, but I wouldn't be having the damage output that I normally would. And so in that way, I can go and put my summoning sign down next to the very first boss and mm. help people get through that first boss, which is quite a, like a like an encouraging thing to do, really. That's quite yeah. nice. But I'm still... When I fight him, he still feels very, very intimidating as a boss because I have to go down to You're that damage output. They've really mm-hmm, solved yeah. that problem these days. I remember when Borderlands first came out, and I think there was a. I think I had like a level two character, and I'd already finished the game, but I joined a multiplayer game. It put me right at the end of the like the final boss, mm-hmm. and the people that I was in a party with, they were just like shoot one enemy, and I'd go up like five levels, and it's like <laughs> this is ridiculous. It was good, but it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm still in the Elden Ring zone, so who knows? I might actually finish this game. Um, I feel like the problem is the boss I just did was definitely a sub-boss for something more horrible to yeah, come right. in about 10 minutes, I reckon. So who knows? And the one I did before was quite bad. The next boss you've got, Matt, was a pain. But to be honest, you've probably got quite a lot of exploring before you even find that boss. So. Oh, yeah, I'm already... Like, I've got, like, three character side quests planned out, which is what I'll be doing over over my next few things. If I... Because, say, I was thinking, like, this weekend, I might I might purely play Horizon because I've neglected yeah. that You're for right too long. You're right at the end of that as well. So mm-hmm. you'll be able to do that. Yeah. But there we go. Yeah. Good games. A lot of good games this year. Um, I feel like... I don't know, it's too early to predict Game of the Year, isn't it? But, I mean, it's looking, it's looking mean, ominous for anyone not called Elder. I know, right? I like, I'm not even playing it, and I can tell you that that is an <laughs> extreme favourite. Well, yeah, unless, what, unless Breath of the Wild 2 does come out and is as good as it can be? Or unless God of War... I feel like even if God of War 2 is better than the original God of War, Elden Ring, probably more people would vote Maybe, for it. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? My 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 real dark horse in this one is if Starfield executes everything it promises. It might be my game of the year, but who knows? Is that actually coming we'll out this see. year though? Yeah, November. Mm. I, I believe. I believe. We'll it's see. November. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you know what? While we wait for that though, let's play the endless search for eight months straight. <laughs> Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? Matt, quiz us. So, I am um, quizzing you on behalf of Hugo Pinay, who has sent in a uh, an endless search for us. This is what he says. He says, Hello, IGN UK crew. All right. Love the, <laughs> love the show a lot. It's the only <laughs> podcast I never miss an episode of, except for the Near Death at Sea special, because that one sounded fucking terrifying. Yeah. But oh, enough good, about that. It was a good listen. <laughs> uh, he had this idea for a fun endless search game for a while, um, which okay. came to mind when you guys played that game where you tried to guess the first four films on an actor's IMDb profile. Mm. I love the concept, but the films in IMDb, the, the films that IMDb put that on there, make absolutely no sense. So my version is basically the same, but using Letterbox. Um, He's calling this game the Letterbox Four. But isn't so, the IMDb one that the point of the game is that it, they pick bizarre choices? Funny. This yeah. is true. I don't mind. But I suppose Either with this, think of this as the slightly more logical one. So okay. maybe you have a, a better chance of actually scoring. Okay. Right. So what we've got is we have got six. Uh, different actors Ooh. so we'll alternate and you'll be able to choose between one and six and that'll get you the actor and then there are the four um, films on their letterbox thing okay. 
So I'm going to give you the example. If you you chose, let's say, number eight, which it's not going to be because there's not eight of them, and that was Harrison Ford, you'd have his four films that are on, of which they are Empire Strikes Back, Apocalypse Now, A New Hope, and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And so, I absolutely, have gone for Blade Runner. I, would, I was thinking Air Force One. Wait, yeah, <laughs> that's the first Harrison Ford. Movie. No, beyond Star Wars and Indiana Jones, I was thinking it wouldn't just be all of them. Uh, fair enough. So, yeah. at, at bare minimum, you would have only been able to get a three if one of yeah. them were each of those films. Mm-hmm. But you get a point for each one of the films that you can guess, and also you can get an extra point if you can guess which one of the four is the highest rated ooh, on Letterbox. Ooh, so, for example, good. for Harrison Ford, the highest rating one is actually Empire Strikes Back. But if you guessed Apocalypse Now, which would have been a very, you know, a logical guess to take, you'd lose the points, you'd only get the four. Okay. So, a lot of people forget he's in it, though, don't they? Yeah, mm. I, I, I'd forgotten. He's in it for like two minutes at the start. <laughs> right. So, Let's do it. Dale, we'll start with you. Number cool. between one and six. One. One. Oh. <laughs> it's Denzel Washington. Oh, God. Okay. Um... I'm just going to do it in my head, see how many I would have got. Oh, do you know what? Fucking... He's one of those actors that I'm never quite sure, mm-hmm. like, if he's in films or not. Oh, my God. Now I've just got a film in my head that I need to get out of my head. What? Uh, apocalypse Now? <laughs> no. <laughs> um... Oh, my God. Sorry, I am completely blanking. I can see him in films as well. Mm. Um, <laughs> I can see him. So, um, oh, is, it, is it called that? Right, I've got to say it, but I think he's not in it. I'm, think, I'm thinking him of him in another film, but Training Day? He is in Training okay. Day. He won, the okay. Oscar. he won the Oscar, mate. Yeah. And it is one of the four. So I've seen that yeah, GIF. It's got to be. There's a very famous GIF from when he's sitting in a car in that scene, but I was like, is that even that yeah. film? I couldn't remember. Oh, he's incredible in that. Um okay there was that one I know what you mean. it is hard for him because yeah. he's in so many things but I don't know what yeah would be the most popular no. I'm just googling so I'm not playing this around I'm just I'm you'd be better out of than me because he's definitely your sort of films guy you know <laughs> um, what serious yeah. <laughs> um, he's also in one of the worst films I've ever seen okay classically. There was a I was Ian was he in taking of Pelnum one two three is it called? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He was he was in it. Mm-hmm. I'd it be is. surprised if that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. It is not one yeah. of the four. Damn. Yeah, I'm really struggling here. There was one. Uh, was it called Fences or something like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 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 so that is a Denzel film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a stage play isn't it done as a, mm-hmm. as a movie but it's not one of the four I'm afraid I mean I'm literally naming any film I can mm-hmm. think of so there's no competitive element here um, and oh, Flight was he in that as well he was in it yeah but it is not one of the four I'm afraid yeah. it is a hard one to be fair I don't know why I would have gone I, honestly I I, I would have gone Denzel for films, Training Day American Gangster nope I would have gone for Malcolm X? Yes. Oh, Malcolm yes. X is on. And Fuck's maybe eight. Inside Man? I don't know. No, no. The other two would have been The Tragedy of Macbeth and Philadelphia. Oh, it's because it's new. Ah, oh, Philadelphia's yeah. a good one, to be fair. Do you know, uh, the world, one of the worst films I've ever seen, I was going to say, is The Book of Eli. Oh, like, yes. Oh, yes. yeah. I've seen that, actually. so bad. 
not yeah, not a good film. Some good, good imagery in the Book of Eli. It's got some very Fallout looking mm-hmm. vistas, but, but yeah, not a not. great film. I'm really regretting saying number one. I've got to admit, I <laughs> <laughs> no, was being clever with that. You get to, I suppose. You, well, which one are you going to pick that might be number one? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you only got one right, so I suppose. Well, yeah, Training Day. <laughs> uh, no, the Malcolm X would be the, <laughs> yeah. the highest one. But I don't That's know if you're even film. allowed that once I've once I've revealed them to you. It doesn't say in these rules. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, yeah. You should probably once you've sub- oh, it's tough. Maybe submit That's, your yeah, form. Yeah, probably ask that before we reveal them, shouldn't we? That was mm-hmm. probably my fault for guessing yeah. them. I'll take the blame. Anyway, Cardi, give me yes. a number between two and six. I'll have I'll have number five, please. Number five. Number five is Scarlett Johansson. Oh, for God's sake, I could have worked with that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, are they all going to be Marvel? Ah, <laughs> um, oh, but which one is the is the uh, is the key? Um, let's go with Infinity War. Not on here. Oh, okay, it's Black Widow. Yeah, that's not nice. on what? here. For God's sake! To be fair, right, she's been in a lot of big films <laughs> beyond them as well. She has, but you—they are the biggest films ever made. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, do, 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 trying to think. Let's go Ben Game. Not on here. <laughs> For God's sake! Right. Might actually I win bet- this round with Denzel. You've got, you've, got, you've, got, you've got one more guess. You've done three okay, so let's far. Let's think of something she's in that's not Marvel, and I, I guarantee you, all the rest will be Marvel films that I haven't said now. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Those are still the biggest. I'm begging you to say one. Winter Soldier. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, uh, can I have four, a You've You've wasted four. You not said Absolutely. the prestige, mate. Why did you not say the yeah, prestige? Oh, believe. Yes, exactly, Dale. Exactly. <laughs> the prestige is on there. Yes, prestige is on here. The prestige is also the highest rated film on Letterboxd that she's been in. I thought. Well, I, I still thought the Marvel ones would be up there. I don't think that's a. I don't think those are bad guesses for Scarlett <laughs> no. Johansson. So the four is the Prestige as the highest rated. Then her. Then Jojo Rabbit. And then Marriage Story. I was thinking of her as well. Fuck's sake. I mean, they're all very good films. <laughs> but more people have seen Infinity War. <laughs> IMDb Clearly makes not more sense, doesn't it? I prefer the IMDb mm. one. <laughs> right. Dale, you have a choice of two, three, four, or six. Let's go two. Two. That is Ryan Gosling. Ooh. Gozo. I feel like <laughs> we should have swapped these. I'd have been better at Denzel <laughs> yeah. and Ryan Gosling, and you'd have been better at... Um, well, I've got one in the can already, but like, I'm just thinking of... What the fuck is the name of that film? Uh, but they say Drive <laughs> to start off with. Anyway. Yes, Drive is there. Um, Have I got the wrong end of the stick here? Are these like the highest rates in that people think are good, or they're the most pop, the ones that people have said they've seen the most? Let me just have a look. So this is. It just says that they're. It's the letterboxed system. Okay. I don't. Yeah. I don't know how it's done. If they're by quality or you know, maybe the amount. I would imagine it's based on the on like the user reviews from Letterbox, isn't it? Ah, see, that would have made. Okay, doesn't matter. It's fine. Let's go. Uh, the big short. No, I'm afraid not. Um, The Notebook. That was the one I was struggling to think of the name of for a bit. Uh, No, I'm afraid not. 
Okay, this must be by quality then. It must be by. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say that was the one that kind of like pushed him into stratosphere, wasn't it? This is true, yes. Uh, the only other one that's coming to mind is the one, uh, the other guys. Was it? No, not the other guys. Sorry. Um, oh, the one he did with. I know the one. Russell Crowe. Yeah. Um, yeah nice guys. Nice guys. Is yes. It? Yeah, yeah. And it is there. Yes. That's there. There we I'm go. Well done. Sarah. So, your other options. Which I, I actually think this was probably... I think out of all of them, this is the most achievable one. Blade Runner 2049 was the highest oh, rated that he's in. Jesus Christ. Uh, and then the other one you missed was La La Land. Uh, Come yeah, on, yeah, this is a car- That was a Cardi one, wasn't it? <laughs> That's a Cardi mm-hmm. I, I, I would have backed myself to get all of those. Mm-hmm. Cardi, you've got a choice okay. of either three, four, or six. Let's go three. Three... Laura Dern. Oh, that's a harder one, isn't it? That is really hard. <laughs> I mean, okay, let's go Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is there. Hmm. Is... Oh, that's a risky one. Okay, I'm going to save that one. Da, 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 da. Laura Dern's a harder one. Do you know what? Based on what came before, I'm going to go Marriage Story. Marriage Story is there. Oh, Nice. I'm going to take the risk and mm-hmm. go with The Last Jedi. <laughs> Last Jedi is not there. I saw in a film recently and I'm completely blanking what it was. Go one more, Cuddy. Let's go with my complete blank. Let's just go with. I don't know if to go with one that I think is definitely wrong. That I know she's in. <laughs> Can't think of that many Laura Dern films. It's, it's not good. <laughs> I'm going to go with... I can't remember if she's in two or three or both. I'm just going to go with The Lost World, Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World. Nope. No, no. Is she in the third one? Actually, she might be... Like, yeah, she's she in the third one. She pops up in one of them. Yeah, the third one she's, she's like... the third one she pops up in. Yeah, she's not in there. <sighs> What was, oh, well, was thinking what was the other one so no so number f- so Jurassic Park was in at number two and Marriage Story was in at number four and number three was Blue Velvet uh-huh. ah of course and then um, I sort of think that Laura Dern's had a bit more of like a renaissance period over mm-hmm. the last kind of like five years so you needed to look to that for your number one which would have been Little Women Ah, which was your I highest rated I, I've got it on my Netflix list mm. and I still haven't watched it that's what I was thinking I will... the founder I was thinking of oh is that the McDonald's one <laughs> yeah. with um, yeah it's a film I've watched like, a surprising amount of times even though I didn't think that much of it the first time I saw it <laughs> I will take two for Laura Dad. I would have taken that at the start of play so yeah. I'm happy so Cardi's on two Dale is mm-hmm. on three Oof. Dale you have the choice of either four or six six Dale goes in for number six. Brad Pitt. Oh, give me that one. <laughs> Can we swap all those around? Uh, okay. Um, seven. Yes, seven is there. That's what you go pit between one and six. <laughs> um, oh, what a funny joke. Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards is there. Okay. Oh, I'm taking a gamble with this one, but I'm going to say it anyway. Ad Astra. Ad Astra is not no. there. Hmm. Oh, I keep thinking of him 
true romance, but I don't want to say that because that's not, <laughs> that's all I can picture right now is that. Um, I'm going to kick myself for not saying other ones, but 12 Years a Slave. 12 Years a Slave is there. Yes. There we go. Amazing. It's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. of course. No. I was thinking of Tarantino, but oh, I just said... should be. I just went straight to Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't go for what the obvious one was, which would have been Fight Club. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, it, Dale... He has a lot of films to yeah. be fair. He's, he's quite good. Mm-hmm. Of the ones that you did mention... Mm-hmm. One of them was the highest ranked. Do you want to guess? Try and guess which one it was. And I'll give you the point. Seven. No, it was inglorious. <laughs> which card? Can I still win this? So the scores are. If you get Dale, one, I think Dale has six. You're on two. I need them all, and the, and to get it right. <laughs> there we go. Who have I got left? Though it's going to be. I don't know. Cardi. Someone I've never even seen. Mysterious actor number four is a well-liked man on this podcast. We have discussed him many times. It is Willem no, it's not Willem. Oh, <laughs> Chopper boy. It's just, it's just not easy for him. No. I mean, there's there's maybe one or two that are obvious, but yeah, beyond but do that. I do the pop? Okay. I'm just going to lose straight away, aren't I? It's got to be there. I'm going with Spider-Man No Way Home. It is indeed there. Willem, Willem, Willem. <laughs> That's the only Spider-Man one. Yeah. I'm going to leave that for now. Willem. I'm going to go with The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse is not there. Ooh. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> it's playing for fun now, mate. Yeah, it's got to go with them. Let's go with... Uh, let's just go with Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man. Spider-Man is not there. Mm, I swear to God if Antichrist is there. Do you know what, let's... Oh, what's it called? What's the name of his stupid film where he plays Van Gogh is that on there <laughs> uh, it's called cool. it's eternity it's, it's not going to be that is it do you know what screw it let's go Antichrist Antichrist is not there <laughs> it's, oh, etern- it's not Eternity's window rainbow Eternity's gate that's Eternity's gate is that it <laughs> yeah. it's not there is it whatever that film is no it is not there <laughs> Have, you, have, uh, you, have you had all your guesses now, or have you got yeah, one more? That yeah. yeah, that was it. That was it, right. Yeah, that was it. Your other ones then, Cardi, would have been The Grand Budapest Hotel, <sighs> Fantastic Mr. Fox, and The Florida Project. Oh. The Florida. I'm so glad I didn't that pick that up. number. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, 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 do you know what? I was screwed over by the, by the random numbers. That's why I'm going to put that one down to... Um, oh, yeah. I, I mean, you were that. screwed over game. by the fact that Dale just won. I think that was yeah, the... exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, uh, didn't, I didn't think I was a great start, but I got lucky <laughs> with the next two. So I, can't, I still can't believe there's not single one single Marvel film for Scarlett Johansson. I don't know what's going on there, but there we go. I enjoy the game; it's a good game, and one I would like to play again at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, as usual, send your feedback into IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com like who did Dale you've got the first one Andy Andy Burnett 
He sent us in some feedback. He says, hello, IGN crew. Incoming dispatch from the colonies. First of all, just wanted to say... A colonial cousin. (laughs) (laughs) Good green street line for you. (laughs) First of all, just wanted to say how much I enjoy the podcast. As an aging millennial born in 86, I was born in 83. So come on, mate. Don't like, don't make out like you're old. You're not. Uh, with a family and a job, my game time is limited these days. That's okay, since I can game vicariously through all of you and your analysis. Love seeing the show pop up in my feed each week. Just wanted to chime in about some non-gaming music I associate with a video game. When I was 18, my friend and I, my friend and I would go to my 24-year-old cousin's apartment on the weekend to play video games and do some underage drinking. And like you all... And like you all, with your more most progressive drinking laws, we've got to be 21 here to buy booze. So my cousin facilitated that for us. Anyways, I fucking hate anyways. Sorry, I don't know why I said that out loud. <laughs> I hate, anyway is the word. It's anyway. a real bugbear for you, isn't it? Yeah, I tell Jesse off for it all the you. time. Anyway, we'd get ripped up on whatever shitty vodka or whiskey we could get our hands on and be subsequently hungover as hell the next day. While nursing ourselves back to health, we played hours of Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2004 on my cousin's original Xbox. Good stuff. If you all remember, the OG Xbox could rip a CD song onto the console so you could play them during your game. Cool idea, but the process took forever and we'd only ever rip one album. Unfortunately, that album was Believe by Disturbed. (laughs) Cuddy, I imagine you're familiar with that album. Uh, I was never into Disturbed apart from... Of course, Um, yeah, the classic. Yeah, but who isn't? Yeah. (laughs) um so there's in this next paragraph is uh some lyrics i don't know what the melody is for this so i'm just going to give it my best shot um shout yeah i'll never forget trying to line up a put when out of nowhere a double bass drum come blasting and a man shouts from the heart of darkness you call to me (laughs) that was actually yeah it's probably quite disturbed uh, (laughs) even a cover a disturbed cover band oh yeah oh yeah uh, it's, <laughs> it's tattooed on my brain and I'll never be able to separate those things. Keep up the great work and thanks for all you do. Your friend from Tennessee who's respecting the sea. Nice little rhyme at the other. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would I, it'd be quite funny if there, you did go to, like, I don't know, the Open golf tournament they just blasted disturbed out over the course that Mm. that would really add an element to it i think that just reminded me of that period where you could um it's kind of the other way around where you could put your music on your console and then you could import those tracks into your games did you ever do much of that i did i remember um because i'm such a nerd um what pro it was it pro yeah, FIFA. It was a pro or FIFA like 10 years ago, my first year at uni. Oh, I've been, oh God, that's like 11 or 12 years ago. Yeah. That's sad, <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, you could import songs because you'd be able to customise it and like put custom like walkout music. So when the stadium came in yeah. like, and the players would walk out to specific songs and because I'm such a nerd, like Spurs in real life walk out <laughs> to Jewel of the Fates from Star Wars. So I imported Jewel of the Fates into... Yeah, so I got a, the most realistic experience I could. How long have they been using Jewel of the Fates? Oh, at least like t- 20 years. It must be oh, soon really? after Phantom Menace came out, yeah. As long as I've been going there, I can remember it, really. Um, yeah, but it works. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's good. You get like this five-minute Kenneth Branagh monologue, because he's a Spurs fan, and then you get Jewel of the Fates. It's all very cinematic. Um, <laughs> you'd enjoy it, Matt. I know you don't like football, but, you know, Kenneth Branagh and Jewel of the Fates. It what sounds, like, nerdier than any fucking football yeah, experience know, right? should be. <laughs> <laughs> it's very it's very good. I remember um, you could do it in Burnout 
Paradise, I think it was. And I remember just around that time, I was listening to Pendulum a lot. And I just remember importing <laughs> their albums into it. And that would be it. I think actually maybe it was Wipeout, actually, now that I think about it. It was on the PS3, early PS3 days. But yes, mm-hmm. there was a lot of that. And now when I hear those songs, I think of, yeah, Wipeout. Did you ever play Audio Surf, the game where you imported your music mm-hmm. and you yes. create, like, yeah. tracks from it? Could you that do that on Vib? So I know there was Vib Ribbon as well, but was that one that was based on your CDs? I can't remember if that was a thing or Ooh, not. I can't remember. What was the... I, I think I mentioned this on the podcast a while ago and people talked to me like I was mad and it never existed. Wasn't there like an iPod game, like a Final Fantasy iPod game where you'd import songs and they'd turn into sprites? Are you, there was... Are you thinking of like the Final Fantasy Pocket Station games? I can't remember. I'm sure it was like it was on the like when like the big old iPods of like the oh I don't know about that. the wheel. I, I maybe I've made up. If you remember this game and it existed, email in to IGN. I'm yeah. sure you give feedback. IGN.com. So I never had one, but I know my mates had one, and I was very jealous because it looked cool, and I wanted yeah, random post-hardcore songs to be dragons for me in Final Fantasy. <laughs> Sadly not. Matt, you've got an email. Yeah, I've got one from Jack Deccan who says, Hi UK crew, long time, third time. The mad lad sweating and playing Halo last week made me think about my youth spent playing Halo split screen and how my friends would give me shit about playing with inverted controls and bumper jumper. They got pissy because we would have to change the settings whenever we swap controllers. My justification for this has always been it makes more sense. In my head, to push to push up to move your head forwards and back to move your head back rather than moving the reticle on screen. Agreed. Are we doing this again? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to start some sort of normal versus inverted national incident, but I wondered if you have any weird justifications for non-standard controls in games. And why the hell does anyone want to play Southpaw, swapped look and move sticks? Yeah, that's I, I don't understand that. Yeah. Keep up the good work uh, and respect the C from Jack. In I always find this conversation odd, because I just play inverted. I don't really have a real reason for it. I probably just... One of the first games I ever played must have had it by default yeah. or something, and I just from there went on. Yeah, so the first console shooter I ever played was Red Faction on the PlayStation 2, Classic. and that came mm. uh, that came inverted as standard. But I agree in the idea of that, like, my understanding of how that works is if you, if you slapped an analog stick on the back of my head, if you'd push it down, my head push it it's up, like if you use my a, head would a go down. Tripod, it's yeah. the same thing. But, that, but that, like, that always feels to me like a justification for something that doesn't need it. It's just how you first started playing and what mm-hmm. you learned exactly. and your muscle memory. That's I think it it's because some of the first games I ever remember playing were on my PC, like with an actual joystick playing like flight sim games. Yeah. And they are, you would naturally like hmm. use them inverted. And I think I just went from there. Right. Um, yeah, I just do it. I know it irritates people, especially like me and Dale recently visit a studio and I have to change it to inverted to play and everyone else in the room's like, well, we'll change that back every time <laughs> anyone else wants to play. But Speaking about, it, it's not so weird, but I literally today when I was playing Kirby had to swap the button controls because I kind of hate the Nintendo B button to select yeah. oh, and yeah, A button back. to go back or whatever yeah. the way around it is. Um, yeah, I just want it to be like the more Xbox and PlayStation way. And it had Kirby jumping with the B button, which would be the circle button, obviously. I think that's mm-hmm. right. Um, and it just, that was, that, that's not a jump button. That should never be a jump yeah. button. So I had to swap it immediately. Yeah, I don't really have any, yeah, apart from inverted, which I don't consider weird. A lot of people use inverted, but I found myself with Elden Ring actually doing like a weird, like claw hand thing <laughs> to like hold in sprint whilst trying to like jump at the same time a lot. Like doing, like it's hard to explain with my hand, but it's kind of doing weird things. If you have to do uh, a weird hand configuration to 
jump while yeah. you're sprinting. That doesn't feel like it's right. It's because sometimes if I if I know it's on a run where I'm just going to sprint through this area of tons of enemies and pick up stuff, because I what I sometimes want to hold in circle to sprint, jump, but also press triangle to pick things up at the same time. Oh, right. So I kind of have to have my hand fingers <laughs> over those three buttons at the same time, and I'm kind of claw handing it. I found a method and it works for me. Um, um, but yeah. Uh, I've never. I understand why you'd want uh, to be a bumper jumper configuration, though. I've just never done it. I understand why that's beneficial if you want to aim while you're jumping a lot. Mm. Uh, but yeah, there we go. I've got an email here from Jordan Green, who's also <laughs> a long time third time. That's weird. There we go. <laughs> um, after the chat last week about Elden Ring and the Batman, both things which have dominated my consciousness for the last ten days, I thought I'd write in. On Batman, I have to say I think it's my favourite DC film thus far. I wasn't convinced by Robert Pattinson when it was announced, but he definitely pulled it off. I will say his Bruce Wayne was way too broody. Like, anyone who spoke to him for more than five seconds would be like, this motherfucker is 100% Batman. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I, kind of get that. Um... I do like the idea of DC abandoning the whole connected MCU thing and just doing runs of specific characters that aren't really connected. In my dreams, this Batman, this version of Batman goes balls to the wall and ends with Court of Owls, but let's see. I think we'll hold on to Batman thoughts until the spoiler section at the end, Jordan, but I do have some thoughts on that as well, so stay tuned. Um, now Elden Ring. I'm legitimately obsessed at like 68... 68- 60 hours in I work from home and every day the lands between calls to me and I may have gone into a couple of meetings a bit flustered because a T-Rex dog or a giant lobster slash crawfish has absolutely decimated me <laughs> I will say though the accessibility issue and the horrible UX does stop it being from a, t- a 10 out of 10 for me it feels like a lot of people myself included have played so many of these games they get used to the horrible menus and HUD but I don't think we should mm. even on the quest stuff I get people like it being opaque, but really, in an open world game, some sort of basic journal would not have hurt. How else are you supposed to work out that you have to speak to some loser under a bridge, give him three twigs, find a cave, fight him, and he turns into sludge? You have to give him more twigs, and then he's your friend, and the ending of the game changes. It just seems a bit obnoxious at this point. Mm. Do you guys agree, though? Should tweaks be made to Elden Ring 2, if this is the thing, that is? Or is this just bad design part of the secret source? Uh, I will say bad there was in brackets. It's not necessarily bad design. I, I kind of come down on two sides of this because I am someone who historically has found these games quite obtuse. And I don't think... I do think... I've got on a bit more of it in Elden Ring, but I do still feel at times, even in Elden Ring, that people do kind of give these games a bit of a pass for sometimes. Mm. They're not... like. If, let's say, for example... Horizon didn't give you a, a, a mission log. People be like, "What the hell am I meant to do? I don't know what I'm meant to do, and this is terrible." Um, but I know Matt. Maybe maybe you disagree a bit. I don't know. Um, so I think having you know, obviously, I've played a few more of these than you have. I think yeah. the diff- per- I personally think the difference between this and Dark Souls Three, for example, which I was literally playing at the start of this year, is night and day in terms of like how these characters actually tell you what to do. I'm doing rani the witch's quest line at the moment i think it's really obvious what i'm supposed to be doing like in between mm-hmm. when i go back to these characters and talk to them i think there's a very obvious route which these games previously haven't done but that's not to say that they are obvious in the same way that other games are obvious mm-hmm. um for me i think part of the magic would be lost but also i was talking to someone the other day about the difference between playing a FromSoft game and, and a normal game is 
there's a sort of hobby element to these games in that I spend a, as much time reading about a FromSoft game as I do playing it. Like, mm-hmm. all the time whilst I'm here, like, I'm, you know, I've constantly got the Fextra Life pages for this open on another page, or I'm watching videos from Vartividya or all of this kind of stuff. And it reminds me more of kind of like my other hobbies as in like things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the magic for me is kind of like the, I don't solve these games on my own. It is a community effort and my understanding of the game and finding the coolest things happen because it's a community effort. And I wouldn't like that to be lost from the game. But also, as as kind of like Jordan points out, there are some quest lines where I would be completely lost without any input at all and sometimes they can seem obtuse to the point of being obnoxious i don't know if i just missed something because that is the problem with not having any sort of logs whatsoever is if i accidentally just missed one line of dialogue that told me a very specific place to go there's no way of me hearing that again Mm -hmm. there's no like i it's actually at the point you are in the story map now where you're told to go somewhere to do something else and they actually put a marker on the map for you I had no idea how to get there. It does not tell you how to get to that new area, where <laughs> mm-hmm. to go. I had to look it up, and I literally, when I looked at it, I was like, how on earth was I ever meant oh. to know to go to this specific door and open this? And, like, I don't know. But you haven't done that yet, so you don't know where you have to go, I mm-hmm. unless you Unless you absolutely do know where this door and this lift and another lift and a door are. No, well, but- so I, I understand, like, <laughs> obviously, lifts are... There is a lift that... Um, the interesting thing I found with Elden Ring so far, and obviously I'm trying to talk around it to yeah, not spoil yeah. it for people that haven't got very far into it, is that I've seen an awful lot of guides that suggest that there's a big lift in the north that you take to uh, go to another place. And a lot of people have been suggesting you use that lift to get to that position. And to use that, you need to go into a very, very dangerous area of the world to get the second half of the key. Mm. And I can't believe that people are suggesting this because if you just follow the natural course of the game, you don't use that lift, you just climb the and no one tells the you it's th- there's no way of knowing it's there like, yeah. well no but you're not supposed to know where that other part of the yeah. key is because like the natural cadence of the game mm-hmm. takes you you climb that section yeah. of the map in a very natural way that is quite easy to get up to and has like standard enemy designs rather than a lot of guides that i've seen like i guess suggesting as as a time saving point is that you mm-hmm. go and get this other part of the key to use the lift and so i think sometimes you need to read the map more than you need to like listen to what characters have got to say because if you look at the natural cadence mm-hmm. of the map it does guide you to places you want to be but at the same time yeah there are plenty of and, and dark souls and, and bloodborne have done this all the time is sometimes there are things that i don't fucking know how i'd know this unless <laughs> i read this guide and as i say mm-hmm. part of me loves that because it's a community effort like playing the game is something i do alongside a community that i don't speak to basically it's fun mm-hmm. to be part of that um, mm-hmm. And I think Elden Ring is a lot more open in terms of the way that it explains stuff because I certainly understand a lot more of the lore that's going on in this oh, yeah. that I wouldn't in in other games that I would require someone mm-hmm. to do more work for me. Yeah, so there's definitely a middle ground. I think they're yeah. edged mm-hmm. towards it with this one. Like, it's, there's no, yeah, it's no coincidence that this is the one that's clicking with me. I think that yeah, I've never. And do you know what I. I never really look at guides for games, but this one I have been, and I also don't feel bad for it because, like I said, I have no idea how I would have worked out where to go next. Mm -hmm. So it's all right to get a nudge. Um, I think that's it for the main podcast. If you haven't seen The Batman, though, 
I'd turn off now because we're going to do, I'd say, about, I don't know, 10 minutes of spoiler talk on the Batman. Um, and yeah, if you don't want to hear that, turn off now after this very small bit of bat music. <laughs> Oh, what a lovely bit of bat music that was. Did we all enjoy the bat music? Ah, oh, that's one of my favourite things about the film. No, oh, the music is. Yeah. Michael Giacchino at it again, pumping it out. You're, you're the composer of Lost Dale. Yes, mate. I'm well aware <laughs> of Giacchino's library. Yeah. He did a lot I of Pixar though, stuff as well. Oh, he's done so much yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, I will say the actual score of Lost is one of my least favourite parts of Lost. Get fucked. But there we go. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? It's a beautiful music. I do not like the music in that. But uh, that's another conversation, because we're talking about the Batman, which I know um, me and Matt talked about it last week. We we like this film quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Dale, I know you like it, but maybe not quite as much. You have uh, some issues with that. Well, I've been going backwards and forwards on this for days now. Um, I think, and I don't think it's the film's fault, I don't enjoy I think I went in there expecting something else and I had these expectations and it didn't sort of deliver that and I came out initially disappointed but the more I think about it the more I think yeah no, no, mm-hmm. I did actually quite like that I guess I kind of articulated to you yesterday my, my main problem was I felt like it could have lost all the the Falcone, Penguin, Maroni, uh, even Catwoman potentially stuff and just been a seven Zodiac Killer style Batman trying to hunt down this maniac who's leaving clues mm. all over the place. I feel like that would have been a bit... I do agree that maybe they have tried to maybe stuff too much in three hours. I feel like you still got to have some of that, though, because that is the personal stuff. But, the, but the ultimately, the, the Riddler's... Batman. Like, the Riddler's... Like, the headline act of Riddler's, like, list... Maybe it was Falcone, mm. but it felt like it was Bruce Wayne, right, because of Thomas Wayne. So it felt like everything else almost could have been stripped out because of it. Um, and that's... Tr- I just wanted this film where it was this this cat and mouse game and then there was this great like detective story and then mm-hmm. at the end ultimately when you find this guy yeah he he's nothing to batman like it's an easy win at the end but the journey is is the challenge really i guess now i think about it more maybe it was unrealistic to expect that going in this because it is still a superhero film it still yeah. has to have these big bombastic elements it still needs a batmobile scene it still needs a great big sequence at the end although i would say the sequence at the end did we really need to flood Gotham? Was that like was that necessary? I I I feel like I like that because it, yeah, it turned into the disaster movie. It turned into more of a Batman story. It gave him the chance to be a hero, mm-hmm. and I feel like that does link to a very specific comment comic where something like that okay. very similar does happen um i like i did like that ending i think the middle is where if you're going to cut some stuff you cut yeah. some of the stuff yeah. in the I middle think- like the whole red herring stuff where they spend 40 minutes basically because none of them understand spanish just yeah. a bit where i'm a bit <laughs> like okay we could we could have tightened this up mm-hmm. a bit yeah <laughs> we- i think both of us kind of when we came out was just like something could be cut but i don't know what and yeah. i do like that there's layers and multiple kind of personalities going on because it's i think more than anything this film is it's uh, a lot of people i think are going in expecting a detective film and it's it's not a detective film it's a superhero film that has a detective kind of layer to it 
and I think what it actually is is it's a it's, it's a character study of both Batman and Gotham, and mm-hmm. by having the multiple players in it, that creates the study of Gotham as this kind of it's a city where there's layers of shit and and you go down the layers of shit and you start at like the upper echelons of society and you realize oh these are a bunch of fuckers and then each layer that goes down right all the way down you're just seeing like it's 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 a horrible city right down to its core and so i think seeing all of these different aspects and how they link back to each other is good and so whilst I think that it could have done with less of that just to help streamline the film, it's like almost part of the point of the film mm, is to show yeah. how much she's going on. It sets on. up the best Gotham we've seen yet. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, as uh, I think Jordan put in his email just before we uh, had the bat music, um, this could lead to Court of Owls eventually, maybe if there's a third one. I wouldn't, I don't think the next film would do that because that's almost too similar to what we had here. It's kind of like this background like conspiracy of like powerful people i feel like maybe you could do that in the third one it would fit this gotham very well Mm -hmm. and you could do it in a very creepy way and i think matt reeves would be great for doing that i feel like maybe next i could see them doing something a bit more like hush Mm. but hush is also quite similar to what they did with this one i mean (laughs) yeah that's that's what i want to see though I'm, i'm into that sort of stuff like yeah i I'm intrigued. Obviously, we can now talk about it freely. Like, obviously, Barry Key. I, I've seen lots of different ways. Some people say, I was told it's Keegan, but I've seen a lot of people, he pronounced himself just Keegan. I don't know. Barry's in it as the Joker. <laughs> Big Bazza. Um, and Matt Reeves has said, like, I'm, I'm, I think it's more an answer just to keep it open and not commit himself to anything. He's like, doesn't mean that Joker's the villain, the main yeah. villain in the mm-hmm. next one. He well, could easily be. He could easily not be. Yeah, so I. Like a disappointment if he didn't, though. <laughs> so one of the interesting thing that so when we interviewed him one of the things that he mm. told us was the idea is that there was going to be a scene about halfway through this film where batman would go to arkham because he needed to talk to someone he'd previously beaten about trying to yeah. understand what the motives of the riddler was and how he could fight him and it was going to be essentially a lecture like a hannibal lecture moment Almost where like a, like a mind hunter scene yeah, yeah where the where you know the the shutter would go up and it would be the joker and i really like the idea that in the next film the joker is in it all the way through but he's just in arkham and he's the and they do a silence of the lambs where mm-hmm. you know i think the next one again it has to be a superhero movie but it should have this detective kind of plot that runs through it you could almost do like a long halloween but replace joker with replace calendar man with joker in a way like yeah and just too. have this kind of thing that like he's there and your tease at the end of that film could be is that, you know, the Joker breaks out. But mm. from what the teases that they've been doing in, like, because they've got this meta kind of ARG that mm. they're they're doing at the moment. And if you go on, what is it, Rata Latada or whatever that <laughs> website's called. But at the moment, that is teasing, it's very much pointing towards an issue of the comics, which was the first issue that Arkham Asylum was ever in. So it, with Arkham being kind of positioned at the end of this film as kind of like, there are now two very major kind of Batman rogues in Arkham. Mm. I could even see, like this film takes a lot, I think, from the visual cues of the Arkham games. There's a lot here mm-hmm. that I think start in Rocksteady's interpretation of the comics. I could see the next film going even further with that and having Arkham as such a core pillar of whatever the next story is yeah one of my favorite things actually that i did feel like 
was potentially taken from the Arkham games, but I don't know if it was, it might be in comics as well. I don't read them. But um, is this, we've never seen a Batman before that can enter a room with policemen and they just accept his presence and he, mm-hmm. and he can have conversations with them without being this hunt for a vigilante. And I just thought it was really cool to see that on the screen. And it's something that you experience in the Arkham games like, all the time. Like, everybody, all the cops love Batman all the time. Yeah, I love it that like that still gives them there are still cops in that room that are just like, What the fuck is this freak? And yeah. it's like, why is Gordon like accepting this guy's help? But I do like that this is one where he can be at the crime scene mm. and you get that moment where you have what my favourite thing about the costume design in this is that it's got a collar so it makes it look like he's wearing a like a yeah, like a detective a trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> um and I love just those moments where this is a film that if a shot can take five seconds, it takes 15 seconds, mm. and it just broods with the idea of just a man studying. And to be quite honestly, studying something that's way beyond him, because the thing I like about this Batman is that he's not the world's greatest detective, but he no. is in- interested in being a detective. He's trying. Yeah. yeah. He is trying. Um, they've already, what, they've announced the Penguin spin-off. There's the Arkham Asylum spin-off that was going to be the uh, Gotham, Gordon one. Yeah, which seems yeah. to have, have spun more. I'm going to guess it's probably still got the GCPD in it quite a bit, but it's now more of mm-hmm. a incarceration sort of story. Yeah, what's that going to be? Like Almost like a X-Files Monster of the Week, like different inmate, I don't know. Who knows what mm, that's going to be. The hell but, knows. Yeah, I, I, I love this film and I can't wait for another one. I do feel like... I think this is probably my second... F- I probably still have the Dark Knight number one and this number two. Um, they're going for different things and I feel I still think Dark Knight overall is a better film. Yeah. A, more a, tightly a, plotted. A t- yes, tight, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is more... It's, equates more to Batman Begins, I think, and that's this what's is exciting the best that it is to me better. Yeah. 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 I feel best like version of Gotham and, and, and that kind of side, yeah. I prefer the Nolan version in terms of uh, the world and the story they're telling, but I think I prefer this version in terms of the style and presentation of Batman. Like, mm-hmm. I just think the weight it carries. Like it, The first shot that comes to mind is when you first are introduced to Batman and you just hear that thudding of the boots walking mm-hmm. really slowly yeah. and methodically. And then there's obviously the Batmobile like revving up like a monster sort of scene as well it's just like yeah. those sort of moments is like, like that is the batman that i want to see yeah yeah and i want the next one to open with smells like teen spirit and him just hitting people i want him to like <laughs> yeah go through different nirvana phases yeah uh, i want him yeah that's why I, I don't yeah i can't wait for another one um i loved it i did like i don't know what you guys think about um alfred in this film but i think he is severely like misused it's, it's a different alfred yeah. than with like because normally We've never really seen a Bruce Wayne that kind of almost is rude to him. Like he's yeah. almost, like he's his only friend normally. In this one, he's kind of dismissive. But he's like, it, this film felt yeah. like we'd already seen a film with them having a good relationship. That's the idea, isn't it? I but I don't, that is that good two. storytelling when it's the first film? I know, like this is we're in a world now, like where Spider Man No Way Home, where there's yeah. assumed knowledge all the time, right? And that works across the board. But I also felt like. They have literally three scenes together in this film, and the second one is when he's in a hospital bed. And then it felt yeah. like that wasn't very earned in this film at all. I suppose I wouldn't be surprised if there was more. They just had to cut back. They probably were yeah. cutting things, but mm-hmm. like, who knows? There's probably a four hour version of this film somewhere yeah. as well. There's also, as you say, there's that assumed knowledge. Like, it assumes you, A, one, the one thing that it does do that's good that's assumed is it, understa- it assumes you know the Batman origin story. Yes. I don't need to see 
the That's the Wayne's die again. <laughs> yeah. And so I suppose, you know, the assumption is is that you understand what Alfred's history but, with Batman is. But Alfred's history is different this time, at least in the movie version, and the fact that he's actually trained him and like taught him like mm-hmm. combat skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, well, that's I was true. Like, so Alfred the is equipped thing, this time. Mm-hmm. The one thing that this does link to, which I think is one of my favourite parts of this film, is like the depiction of this is a film where Bruce has become Batman. He's not like they're not two personas anymore. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he has devolved into the point that the only thing he cares about is that. Yeah. And it's created this very kind of loner character. But I really like how this film depicts when Alfred has when he discovers that Alfred's been sent the bomb. Mm. Batman, Bruce, whatever they are as a hybrid, like fucking loses it. And when he's in the car racing and he understands that the only person that basically cares for him in this entire world is about to die, there's kind of like a snap moment in him. And you see him like absolutely terrified of the fact that he might lose Alfred. Yeah. Because it's at this point that he's realised that Batman's whole thing, and this goes back to the comics, is that he is terrified of the fact that he could be left alone because his parents died and he's fighting for a world which kind of like he desperately needs people around him to make that like yeah. mission facilitated. And this is why in the comics, when you think about it, this is quite weird, but Batman keeps adopting people into his life <laughs> because he's terrified mm-hmm. of like being without family, which is why he yeah. keeps hiring all these robins basically and like getting like Even his mate's daughter to... at the end of this one. I yeah. mean, I highly suspect she'll be back in i mean course, yeah. it's almost set up that she's going to just rob mm-hmm. bruce wayne at one point and that's when the reveal is that but it's he's like he's batman but you've got the bit where he's almost losing alfred and he goes berserk but when you've got the moment where he almost loses selena when she's in trouble on that mm-hmm. gantry walk and he goes fucking ballistic and injects himself with <laughs> the venom what thing, may be <laughs> like a hint towards bane's venom at yeah. some point but he basically overdoses himself on drugs so he can hulk out. And I think mm-hmm. those little things that show you what a fucked up weird guy he is that just yeah. at the end of the day... Well, and a peep in, Tom. Just watches her gets changed from well, yeah. some oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's He's a messed up young man. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. I, I loved his version of Batman. Just that idea of he is a... he's a, It's a film that recognises that wanting to be Batman comes mm. from a sense of being fucked up and mm. being ruined by the trauma of your childhood and he's a man that won't let go of that in a healthy way but by the end of the film i like that it sets it up as kind of like he's understood that his current version of coping with that is not the way and yeah. he needs to become something else i think that's a, a nice clever yeah, way I to would do say it. i agree with jordan's point about the idea of like this is the most obvious bruce wayne that motherfucker is obviously oh, Batman yeah. of all time. I guess the thing is, is he doesn't go out, does he? So no one can meet him. So no one ever he's knows. Not like he's not ever trying to even present a Playboy party animal, nice guy sort of lifestyle. And you know, I understand why, but it's, yeah, it's like at the end when you know the ever that moment where you think Riddler actually knows who he is, mm-hmm. and I was like. How has he not actually worked out that it's him? Especially from his reaction when he's saying the name yeah. Bruce Wayne as well. I'd love it if the next one just opens with him on a yacht, living De Vida Loca playing, yeah. and he's like fully like embracing the Bruce Wayne. He's like, everything's good now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, just Robert Pattinson laughing. Um, yeah, that's more of our Batman thoughts. It's very good. I hope you enjoyed it too. I can't wait to watch it again. I'm weighing up whether to go to the cinema again because I do want that sound again because it sounds incredible. But also, it's a long I time to a burning, yeah, desire to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, very good. I hope you enjoyed this podcast as well. For we are now ending it. What are we going for music? Uh, it was either the Batman theme. You've probably done that before. Yeah. Disturbed. There was that disturbed song. 
I'm not having. <laughs> we've, we've had salt and pepper and disturbed. I'm not having. I can't do that. Uh, maybe it is just different Batman. Oh, do you know what? Let's have uh, a bit of Nirvana. Why not? There Let's you go. have uh, something in the way. There we go. Fantastic. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.